Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. The remote revolution continues. I mean, you and I have been doing this by Skype now for what, like two and a half months or something like that. Someday we'll get used to it. Yeah, that's that's the size of it. And this is kind of changing the nature of the way everybody is working. And one of the things that is changing is the way that the federal government goes out and recruits people and organizations to help it do what it needs to do around the world. One of the ways that it's found to be very effective is public-private partnerships. And we're even seeing those now in the world of foreign policy and diplomacy. Jim Thompson is Director for Private Sector Engagement in the Office of Global Partnership at the Department of State. Jim, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program. Jim, what does the Office of Global Partnership do? Well, thanks for having me, guys. We are part of the uh, economic diplomacy team at the State Department. We work on behalf of the Secretary, and we build public-private partnerships uh, that really affect our diplomacy. Um, and, and how we think about how we engage with other countries and do the work of either diplomacy or development abroad. So it's all about how do we engage more with the private sector, and that's a very big term for us. So private sector can be for-profit businesses, it could be foundations, civil society groups, uh, universities, and more. How do you go about building those partnerships? How do you recruit the people and the organizations that you work with? And how do you tell them about opportunities they have to do the work that you need them to do? We try to get out and about. So one of the things I like to tell people when when they're thinking about building partnerships uh, is they should really get out from their desk. They should go out and they should meet people. They should go to conferences. They should go to events. They should be talking with the private sector because... It's very easy to sit at your desk all day and, and, you know, answer emails, but getting out and meeting people and hearing what they're doing, you're going to find things of commonality of what you're doing. And then you look for those opportunities to sort of see whether or not there's a chance that you could build something together that would be better than doing it yourself. One of the things our office, our office does, um, is the outreach piece on behalf of the department. But we encourage everyone in the department to, to play that role, to, to think about, you know, who else is out there and, and how, do I, how do I possibly work with them to get what we are doing, what we're trying to do done. You know, in, in eras of declining budgets, and we've had a lot of declining budgets over the time, particularly focused around diplomacy and development, um, you really do have to think about how you're going to get that work done with and through others. Um, and for us at the State Department, it's kind of hard to, to do that all the time because when you start to bring in other partners, you bring in their challenges, but you also bring in their perspectives. Um, and in a lot of ways, partnership means letting go of control. Um, so you, you may have partners working with you, but their alignment might not be exactly what you think it is. So you have to be really careful but you also really could move the needle a lot further and get your objective done better than if you had tried to do it just yourself. We do invite people to come in, too. Actually, I have a, we have, a, obviously, a website where we invite people to come and talk with us uh, and to share their ideas. 
give us some examples. Are there peers at the department who really get this, who, who are your champions outside of your office, and, and what are some of the partnerships they've engaged in with like? Yeah, so the department has been very active in building public-private partnerships um, well outside of our office. Um, one of the offices we've worked most closely with has been our, the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. The office is the Office of the Global AIDS Coordinator. Um, it, actually, in their authorizing legislation from Congress, it says that they are to do public-private partnerships. They were one of the original offices that even got that mandate from Congress. Most of the rest of us just rely upon our basic authorities to, to enter into partnerships. But they got specific shout-out to do partnerships, and they've done a tremendous amount with the private sector. Um, they have built new relationships with foundations and with corporations in getting the medicines that are needed to infected people all around the world. Um, and they have some high-priority countries, uh, and they have some great relationships with corporations, foundations, just, just to help them achieve their goals. Um, they have a great partnership, a long-standing partnership, actually, with a company called Beckton Dickinson. Uh, and Beckton Dickinson is helping them improve medical labs all around the world. Um, and that helps them do testing and treatment uh, in the countries where they work. Another office that we work closely with has been our Educational Cultural Affairs Bureau, and they have a range of programs that they work with on the private sector, but one of the programs that they work on is uh, English language. So the State Department promotes the use of English language around the world. We teach English uh, through partners all around the world. And what we found is there's a lot of companies out there that need their employees to learn English, uh, and they've been setting up their own English language programs. And we look at those programs and we say, why don't we just work together to do this? So there's been a lot of commonality of interest where we've been able to work with companies around the world to do English language uh, and English training. What are some of the innovative things that you believe that the people that you work with are doing or that you're doing at the State Department? Everybody across government is talking about innovation, and the question always seems to be, will we know it when we see it? What have you seen in that area in the work that you're doing, Jim? Oh, thank you for this question. So we have spent a lot of time thinking about innovative approaches to diplomacy, um, and there, there are a tremendous amount of innovations that are taking place. We've pioneered a couple through the State Department's programs, through our office, um, one of which is uh, a process called co-creation. Um, and this is a grant-making process. So what happens is normally the government puts out its objectives and says, we have a problem in X country, and we're looking for partners to come and uh, help us achieve this objective. Here's the amount of money that we have. You tell us what you can do, and then we pick among the best of those ideas that come in. The problem is is that we sometimes know a lot more uh, about the problem and the issue set, and we know the partners on the ground, but we don't have a way, we've never had a way to like bring that into a statement of work or into a, a program description. Um, so we've created this process called co-creation, which enables us to put out, through the, what we do at the State Department, we put out a, a request for statement of interest and capacity, an RSOIC, Organizations respond to that, um, and then we look through those concept papers that they've sent in. 
we pick among the best that we think have the most potential, and then we bring them in for a day and a half to two day design thinking workshop where we sit down with the with the applicants all together, and we can bring in private sector and other government, uh, local host governments, um, to talk about their proposals, to, to actually talk with them about what their plans are and how better they could do their job if they add in different elements that we see are missing in their proposals um, or what partners they might want to add. And then we send them off, and those that have participated in the workshop are invited then to submit a bid through a Notice of Federal Opportunity, a NOFO. Um, and then we have significantly better applications with that have better chance of success. So co-creation is definitely one innovation that our office has pioneered at the State Department. Um, another one that we've run is a hackathon. So talk about seeing something that's different. We ran a worldwide hackathon. It actually turned out to be the second largest in the world on global sustainable fishing. We called it Fish Hackathon. Now, through Fish Hackathon, no fish were harmed, um, <laughs> but we managed to get over 40 cities on six continents coding for fish. Um, and what we did was we put out uh, a series of challenge statements that uh, IT professionals would be able to work on and develop mobile apps for your cell phone that would enable fisher folk around the world to be able to tap into uh, databases of information that's out there. So it could be everything from what is the price of fish selling at XYZ port, or it could be reporting illegal fishing, or it could have been around um, something called ghost gear, when a, when a fishing net falls off the back of a boat and it has a fish kill um, that keeps repeating itself as the fish fills up, as the net fills up with fish and then drops to the bottom of the sea and when it gets heavy and then the fish die, then that comes back up and the fish still starts again. This would enable someone to report that they dropped their net and that somebody can help come clean that up. So it is a, it is a great opportunity for uh, people who fish to work together with the IT coders and to develop true good solutions using online platforms. So through the use of co-creation and hackathons, we really have moved the needle on innovation at the State Department. What do you think are the best practices in formulating these public-private partnerships that aren't necessarily peculiar to the mission that you're accomplishing at State? If somebody came to you and said, we're getting in this business too, and we want to make sure we don't make mistakes that other people have made, what would you tell that person? Be open So, and, and start early. Um, so openness is really important. You really, you, you think, uh, you know, you, you think you know what you want to accomplish, but you really have to be open to other people's ideas and you need to listen. So that is a, a, something that we tell everyone that's getting into space. Don't come in with a preset notion of what you want to do. Be open to others' ideas because they'll probably have better ideas than what you, of what you've come up with. Um, there's, there's a law that re that revolves around this, which says, you know, basically, there's always people that are out there that are going to be smarter and better than than you, and and you need to be able to take that, take in what they're 
what they're doing and figure out how to make it work with what you want to accomplish. Jim, we're just about out of time, but I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on the program today. It's good to get insight into how you're running public-private partnerships at the State Department. Well, thank you for having me, guys. It's been uh, fun. It's always great to talk about partnerships. And just want to say, give a shout-out to my colleagues across the interagency that are working on these partnerships. Um, it has been a true honor to work with all of you as you've figured out this space, and we at the State Department are here to help you as you navigate working with the private sector. You realize that by giving them all a shout-out now, you're obligated to tell them that you were on the podcast so that they know they can listen to hear the shout-out, right? Of course. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us. We really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.